Welcome back to another episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 50. Woo, 50. 50 fucking episodes. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion, and today I'm joined by none other than Adam Sink. What up, Adam? Not much. How's everybody doing out there in the ether space of the internets? One hopes that they are doing well. Uh, so, Adam, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. How you holding up? All right, it has been an exhausting run of uh, perpetual motion, just always staying busy. So I bet you're exhausted. I'm not super exhausted, but I bet you're exhausted. It's been it's been a long uh, it's been a long month. So hopefully yeah. next month will be a little bit calmer. <laughs> Probably not. It's so not you keep to. saying, but it's that's not going that's to. not going to happen, Adam. Let's, yeah, because we uh, we owe zines again coming up for the Patreon, and then there's the prep for crit hit and. And then Gen Con, and so Gen Con you know, maybe that. in September maybe you can yeah. get a nappy or something. That's right. Wake me up when September ends. Oh, all right. Well, guys, this is a good, good episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so it's our 50th episode, dude. Can you it fucking is. believe that? I can, because <laughs> I've been on, on a bunch of the other ones. So. I, l- I watch the number go up every week, so I'm like, hey, look, 49, and then subsequently uh, we'll be 50. Well, that's that, that's fair. What can what can one say? It's difficult to refute that. Um, it seems to me both as though this is a weirdly surreal moment, but also as though it's like, Dude, fucking at last. I mean, on some level, we've actually released far more than 50 episodes because of all of the bonus episodes yep. and the Shadow Swarns and whatever the fuck else. Uh, so 50 is actually pretty well in the rear view, and we're just going strong, aren't we? Clicking away. Pedal to the metal, buddy. Doing great. We have content lined up every week, weekly releases, until we go to Gen Con. So we're just, we're just going to be... Do it. There you go. There's <laughs> you gonna be plenty for you to listen to, everybody. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could have seen Adam's face just then. He just gave me this look like, Ooh, like uh, why do you do this to me, Brendan? Uh, we're good. <laughs> and, anyway, so um, in celebration of our 50th episode, we got a very special episode for you guys. We, do. we have an incredibly special oh, episode. Oh, it's so special. We're going to talk about some of the usual bullshit here to start off, but then after the break, oh, buddy. That's when it gets special. So make sure to stick around for that. Um, without any further ado, Adam, we have some appreciation for, for the listeners, don't we? We do. Everyone who comes on and gives us one of those cherry sweets five-star iTunes reviews gets it read on the air. I know. We've been, like, fucking bad about <laughs> reading them. We've been really bad that's about That's mostly them. my fault, guys. So, like, um, that's me. That's on me. That's so without me. further ado... Five-star iTunes reviews. Five-star iTunes reviews. Starting with Danny from Portland. What up, Danny from Portland? Titled Condensed RPG in with an apostrophe after the N and no G as the kids like to do. It's fucking rad. Cool show with two GMs who are always running games. I love the part of the show where they talk about what's going on in their current games because it's like Condensed RPG in, hence the title of the review. Actual play RPG podcasts usually require all my brain power to follow along, and this is a great one to have on while working, but still get that RPG talk I crave. Would recommend. Thank you, Danny from Portland. I feel like there's a little bit of a neg in there. Like, a little neg? Like, like, usually actual plays require brain power, but these two chuckleheads... <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, they're just uh, saying we were we distill it down it's so a, effectively. It's approachable material. And That's I'm busting right. your chops, Danny. This is this is Danny, our friend, who is on the Mammary Alpha podcast, which is an all-girl Star Trek actual, actual play. play. It's a good show. Check it out. Really funny. Yeah. So you guys should check that out. They're 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 great up there. We love them. Cool, cool. Now we've got we have outstanding by the I'm assuming this isn't his real name, Carl Turd Blossom. <laughs> uh, dude, don't be offensive to the Turd Blossoms. To the to the New Hampshire Turd Blossoms. Do, you know that they almost ran the. The Habsburgs out of the Holy Roman Empire, right? Well, I the didn't know that, but now I do. History could have been very different. Could have. We could all be un- uh, laboring under the turd blossom uh, monarchy. So, Carl says, This is great RPG podcast for players and GMs who love storytelling. Brendan and Adam and Ben exclamation point, are extremely knowledgeable and entertaining. I'm no RPG expert, but I've been a World of Darkness fan for decades and have always enjoyed their gaming philosophy as opposed to the heavier numbers-based approach of other systems. Most importantly for me, this podcast is a straight-up fun listen. Looking forward to checking out the rest of the episodes. Well, we hope that you did check out the rest of the episodes, Carl. I suspect that Carl did because somebody was definitely working their way through the old uh, back catalog a couple weeks back, and um, it definitely showed. It showed in the numbers. Finally, last and certainly not least, Adam Xvas, titled Awesome RPG Content. Really have been enjoying the show, especially the more recent interviews with designers and getting some more insight into the process. They aren't asking... So what's your favorite game? These interviews are getting into the meat of design and the role that RPGs play in a larger game society. Long time listener, first time reviewer, big fan, and we'll be sticking around for more dark fantasy and metal crap. Adam Xvas, I just really want to say, dog, uh, I, I, I read this review and I really loved it. And uh, I actually went to edit the Christopher Gray episode and uh, you know, I recorded it back in November, and I don't know if my my uh, skills were really up to snuff at that point. And I and I asked him, I said, "What's your favorite game?" And so <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there and I was like remembering the review, and I cut that out. Nice. I cut it out for you, Adam Xvas. It's all for Dog. you, Adam Xvas. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's the story of that. Cool. So what's next, man? What's on next on our agenda? We, we have a we have a fucking jam-packed agenda, don't we? We Adam? do. We have a jam-packed you know, agenda. Before it's, we get to that, thanks to everybody who reviews the show. Thanks to everybody who listens. We really appreciate that. We do. It's very good. It's it helps super, us out. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and there, we always talk about, like, oh, it helps the algorithm and all that shit, and it's all true, but it also helps the self-esteem, you know, <laughs> because we definitely, we put a lot of work into the show, especially lately. It's kind of become this thing that's very central to our lives. And as we have to put so much into it, it's really nice to know that there's people out there who are listening. So to each and every screaming into the void. Well, yeah, cause we do that all the yeah, rest of the time. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, to everybody who just takes the time and writes a review, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. So, Adam, with, I'm sorry for interrupting email. No, what's, you're good. What's, what's the next thing? Up next was what we've been up to, which is Phoenix Comic Fest. Phoenix Comic Fest. I guess it's now because so it used to be called Phoenix Comic Con, right? You can't call it that anymore because San Diego Comic Con will sue you. So, yeah. it has to be Comic Fest. Now it's a Comic Fest, guys. And it's, it's even changing. It's not. It's going to be the fan... <laughs> 
I heard this that like they had didn't even something or they, other they didn't even get through one weekend of calling it the Phoenix Fan Fest. Right. They decided like midway through the 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 first Phoenix Fan Fest to rename it Phoenix Fan Fusion. Fusion is, is yeah. that right? Yeah, because Fan Fest is the other one that happens on the other side of town. Yeah, and so, in the winter, right? So they can't call it Fan Fest. They have to call this one Fan Fusion because it's about more than comics. <laughs> okay whatever it's a strange whatever man they own they own like, the other one on the other side of town that's do. just it's, their it's, that's just their mid 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 year one right and it's a strange feeling going to comic fest these days because we were very into comics back in like the 90s when they were undergoing a, this big transformation when the image guys were coming in and they were trying to make take comics from things that you read and appreciated that were like uh just a, a piece on their own into being it's a collectible you buy it and it's a collectible um that's an interesting interpretation it's I don't like know if foil I covers hologram agree. covers that was all the stuff that was going on when i was reading them was they were every single thing it was it's the number one issue buy it. it's collector's edition the comics bubble yeah but there had already been a comics bubble in the 1980s there had already been a collector bubble that had almost ruined the industry once before. Right. And this was just the second one. And they did it again. And yeah. I think they doubled down and drove it even harder. And now they I did. just get this like weird stranger in a strange land feeling when I go to Comic Fest because it's so big and it's taken on such a larger life. than Because when I used to go to Comic Cons, you could meet Mark Silvestri and you could meet Todd McFarlane and you could have a conversation with them. Yeah. And now that's impossible. Like you, I, you know, you, you're not allowed to do that. You Todd can't. McFarlane limited his his number of people he would interact with to 100. Nice. At this. You had to get into a lottery to see if he'd be one of the hundred people. I'm willing to bet he spit on you too. Well, he was. He's probably just. <laughs> it seems like kind of thing you do. I don't know. I don't he know. probably was sitting there like blathering about how like they're going to make another Spawn movie, but this one's going to be more like Seven, which is how he always intended it. Like uh, okay, <laughs> all right, dude. Yeah, I am. Wh- whatever, not man. Interested in going on that ride with you, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, I'll meet up with you later, brother. And, o- overt uh, kill was really meant to be more like seven. Are you being for real, man? Don't don't. He's don't, the turquoise robot. Right? He's a turquoise robot that's like gigantically huge, roid and looking he's chrome. Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's chrome and turquoise. Yeah. I think he's from issue six. Yeah, and it's just like, it's like, it's Whatever. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, man, don't don't get a kidder, Todd McFarlane. Come on. Anyway, so it's a, it's very odd to kind of be in that space anymore and kind of watch it how it's evolved. It's not for us anymore. Like many things, right? It's not for us, right? But, but be, there was gaming there. They're there building out the there. gaming. Yeah, yeah. And that's and really that's, why we were there. Yeah, that's why we're there. And really, this is all kind of the, the work, I think, and, and the brainchild of some of the local people like Andrew Long. and Andrew Long from uh, the, the mastermind behind uh, Arizona, Arizona Game, Game Fair. Fair right. And then his, uh, his uh, Seneschal, uh, Richard Newby, mm-hmm. who, who, gets, who gets shit done. He Motherfucker does. Motherfucker gets shit done. The so, stuff does not happen without him. Like he is yes. on point with all this stuff. And, it's really and, true. Um, and so yeah, they were there, and then a, lo- a lot of the local game luminaries, Ken Saint Andre, John Wick, and Jim mm-hmm. Miller was there. You know, it's like we had a lot of those guys who were all there doing stuff, running games. Everybody and, came out to run games. Mm-hmm. Everybody. The, yeah, and so the crit hit guys were there doing their thing. Yeah, they had their crit hit experience, which was a single room RPG with atmosphere and things that they were doing there. They're kind of trying some new stuff. Uh, 
as a precursor to crit hit this summer. And then, uh, I ran, I, well, I tried, I ran one game. <laughs> I tried to run three games. Um, <laughs> and I ended up only running one and then, uh, we did well, happy here, time dungeon hour. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning, which is, which is that you and you and I got kind of, we got kind of talked into being down there by Andrew. He, right. wa- he wanted to do more Happy Time Dungeon Hour. So this was this was Happy Time Dungeon Hour episode two, right? Yeah. Part two of Happy Time Dungeon Hour, the continuing adventures of uh, Hawthorne, Subheim Gallows, Miley, and Fawquez. And, and uh, Adam runs it, and uh, then the rest of us play. And so... We had been told that was going to happen on Saturday night. We had made, we mm-hmm. kind of, we, you know, we had put it in our contract that we wanted it on Saturday night. And we were all ready to do this thing on a Saturday fucking night. And then Richard, Richard goes, it's Friday night. Right. And so we were like, oh. They're not so- giving you a prime Saturday night slot, which actually probably worked out in our favor because on Saturday night, the fire alarm got pulled and they just evacuated both buildings and didn't let people back in. Oh, that sounds heinous. Yeah. So that was when I was supposed to be running Lamentations of the Flame Princess. So that clearly didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did. We ran Happy Time Dungeon Hour. We switched the rules that we're using this time to something a little more rules light. That was a little easier to grok, I think. Well, it was what's that that uh, PDF thing, right? Yeah. Here's some fucking D and D. Here's some fucking D and D. Anybody, two page document. You can find it on on the internet. You just gotta right. type that in. Yeah. Here's some fucking D and D, and it should come up. Yeah. Um, I think it's based off of Swords and Wizardry, which is another really short. It's the idea is you have a single line character sheet. Um, and so it's you write character's name, you write their AC, you write their their movement or their maneuver value depending on the the wording that you're using, um, and then you write their weapon, their level, and their number of attacks. I mean, the thing is, is if you're an OSR guy, it manages to essentially distill all the complexity out of Dungeons and Dragons and it gives you a very kind of like comprehensive facsimile of what D and D experience is kind of like. Right. You know, and it makes it very easy to run at a con during a live play because you're not having to do a bunch of bookkeeping or mess with skills or anything. If you're rolling, you're either rolling an attack or you're rolling one of these maneuver slash movement checks, and it's really simple. Yeah, it's just there's like basically two rolls, super easy, and that way you can actually focus on the process of interacting with the audience, interacting with one another, rather than uh, like dithering around over a bunch of rules and stuff. And right. really, that was the whole point, right? Yeah, and I, mean, I feel like from that standpoint, it worked a lot better than the uh, last one that we did. So much better, so much better. Uh, not to mention the fact that the audience this time was like very young. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. For First of all, first of all, I guess we should say we had an audience this time. Yeah. <laughs> we had people show up to watch this. People, thing. I guess they were looking at their programs and they saw this accumulation of words and they were like, "Let's go to that." Or they were thinking, "I want to get in early on that X-rated Viking talk after this." So sexy let's, Norse mythology. Let's go sit plus. in through this. And then we'll have prime seats for sexy North mythology. So yeah, we had a, maybe a couple dozen people who came in to watch it, which was I, nice. At least a couple yeah. dozen. I think you're being pretty pretty conservative. I, th- I I think that we might have topped out at like around sixty or so. Oh okay, <laughs> that seems high. But uh, uh, I don't know, man. I guess we can go back to the pictures and we'll just start counting them up. We're, we're, we'll do the Donald Trump thing where we'll just go back and check everything <laughs> out and inflate our numbers. Um, but yeah, it went really well. I, I feel like uh, 
having the ability to kind of plan the session a little more helped. So I got to build out the wizard's tower that you guys went into and interacted with and, and put a little more thought into that. I wasn't kind of just flying by the seat of my pants the whole time, which, uh, you know, is great in dungeon world if that's the experience you're in for, but is also kind of nerve wracking if you're trying to do a live thing. Cause you're going, Oh guy, I got to come up with stuff on the fly. I think we all kind of knew our characters a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was, that was fun. That made it more fun. I, I, th- I felt like the jokes landed a lot better. We got, we got, you know, there were people there who actually were able to laugh. And so you could tell if they landed or not. Right. You know, like unlike before where people would just be kind of like maybe smirking a little bit yeah. and like maybe nodding if you were kind of lucky, you know? So that was fun. I like, you know, Adam and I, um, I don't think Andrew listens to this podcast, so I think we're fine. But Adam, Adam and I pre-gamed that one like really hard, <laughs> so like, hard, like really hard. It was ludicrous. Yeah, uh, the last time we had, um, we had definitely kind of like taken a few nips in order to like, like take uh, the edge off. So you, know, I, you know, I, that makes it sound so alcoholic. <laughs> to, to really more kind of like lubricate the lubricate the gears of our creativity i don't know that doesn't sound any, that doesn't like, sound any, less, any alcoholic. less alcoholic so uh you know we wanted to make sure that we were appropriately like sedated for our for our appearance so we took the train down there and uh haha phoenix transit authority you didn't even know but we were drinking spiked soda <laughs> deal with that i think they, they probably would have known had they bothered to check but if they had those squares i think smelled like paint thinner. did it? it it was giving off a definite odor so. was it yeah oh geez i can't smell anything i yeah. just as, as a person i have no ability to smell like whatsoever it's, it's, yeah it's fine it, you, it wasn't noticeable until you were right up next to it but it was you could definitely oh. tell anyway we were hitting it pretty hard as we entered the con and we were definitely like I mean, the thing about Comic Cons, this is kind of like getting back to what Emma was saying earlier, is that when we were kids, we really enjoyed these things, but as the years have gone by, we can't really relate to comics in the same way anymore. And then under, like underneath that, like the culture of, of comic books has changed like incredibly. So now Comic Cons used to be kind of like a bunch of nerds kind of shuffling around trying to find like first printings of The Crow from Kitchen Sink Press at reasonable values and shit mm-hmm. like now it's like this all this pageantry and spectacle and it's this it's like people kind of trying to like let their freak flag fly and like the the inner person be the outer person that you can you know the, the 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 animated the animated wolf that you don't know about that lives inside of them is out here with us now and you know it's just like it's 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 kind of, it's, it's 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 strange but it, it's kind of fun but I don't like give a fuck about the X Men anymore, you know. Right. Like I just don't give a shit. Well, I didn't about even that look stuff. at comics while I was there. I didn't even go to buy anything. And the last comic I read was like Saga or something, you know. And it was over a year ago. Everybody so. says that one's so good. I yeah. mean, I I could totes read a comic if it was like really good. You know, I was reading some uh, Grant Morrison Invisibles recently, and that's still fucking great. And I wouldn't mind reading something like that. But, um, like, just, I don't know, man. Anyway, whatever. I just sound like a fucking old fuddy or duddy <laughs> not right gonna now. Wa- I'm not going to read Justice League, I guess, per- is where we're going with that. But, no, it was it was fun. I had a good time. I think it was a good show. And- well, I, I was, I was going to say that, like, 
the environment is so weird and kind of like punches me in my old guy third eye so hard anymore that like in order to really be there i need to i need to hit the sauce (laughs) i I just need to be on the sauce and so um so i i was drunk i was like i was really really drunk for until about halfway through Happy time dungeon hour, and then I kind of started coming out of it. Yeah, the edge kind of started coming off yeah. of it towards the towards the mid section. I noticed. I was like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, so it's a little weird to sort of like look up and realize that you're in a room full of people doing a show, and you're like, ha, weird, <laughs> weird that. Listen um, to me, I have things to say. Yeah. So that went well. That was Friday night. Yeah, that was Friday night. Saturday uh-huh. was pretty much wander the con day i yeah. had a game that didn't go off in the morning and then oh adam what was it what was it adam i was running tales of equestria for the children's. tales of equestria for, for the, the children and i had a pg game because i looked and i was like there's no games on here for kids theoretically you're, there'll be kids here let's run a kids game let's run a kids game and and you're just like you're just like uh, doing a public service yeah like, like, and i had parents three, leave your kids here right, parents with leave me. your kids here with me i'm clearly not a, a predator yeah i'm just a 40-year-old man with a Tales Equestria book. Let's do this. What could go wrong? And so no one showed up for that, which was fine. (laughs) But except for a kid who mocked you and ridiculed you, Yeah, there was a 10-year-old that came up and made fun of me, which was pretty great. So I was like, all right, awesome. Thanks for that, buddy. You're the real MVP. And then I went and wandered the show floor in the attempt to find anything that might pique my interest. So it would stimulate capitalist activity in your heart. Right, and there was nothing. And then... uh, I was getting, I, oh, uh, Michael Collette ran DCC, Sailors of the Starless Sea. So I sat down to play that with him and we were interrupted before we could finish that. I ended up, the conceit that you get those like four starting characters. Right. So I ended up with a potato farmer. There was like a whole bunch of players, right? Right. He had a good, he had a good good turnout. turnout. And so we had a, I ended up with a potato farmer, an animal trainer, a cobbler and uh, a Wainwright. And so, what the fuck is a Wainwright? I, I didn't know either. I, didn't I know can't, what that They is. said it's a wheel maker. Oh, that makes sense. So I had. Um, I don't know why it's called wheel maker. Yeah, I don't know either. That's what I said. So I had Rufus, the potato farmer, and I had uh, Steve Irwin, the animal trainer, and then I had Peach, the cobbler, and then I had um, oh Wainwright, the Wainwright. Oh, Jesus. I'm not investing time in zero level characters. Oh. The core conceit of Dungeon World is don't bother having a backstory. Don't bother. So I was like, all right. So, I'm going so to- you're just going to take it into this preposterous direction where you actually punish the system for that. You're like, oh, I'm going to be Peach the Cobbler. Yes. But essentially, um, uh-huh. it's a pun. Yahtzee. And so, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I felt kind of bad because. <laughs> at some point rufus began <laughs> very early on i just decided rufus the potato farmer yeah i decided rufus hates elves sure like he just hates elves and now then, the warlord amanda's Amanda playing this playing, game with and you, she was right? playing an elf and so because she's game she's she's down for whatever right right so she was playing so, so you I'm guys started it. like doing and, the thing yeah so i'm playing an elf hating guy she's one of her characters is an elf um and yeah, it was just preposterous. Like, like his whole that the whole arc of that character, because the idea is people are disappearing from your village. You go to find the mm-hmm, innkeeper's mm-hmm. wife, who's no like no spoilers missing. though, because this is like a very popular adventure. A lot of people right. run it. And so the idea is like someone who's important to your character has gone missing as well. 
And so then it was like, oh, well, you know, I'm did, going, did why Did Mario am I go missing for Mario for did Peach? go missing for Peach. Was it really? It was Mario oh, you with dick. the red hat. You're such a dick. I'm such a dick. <laughs> oh, and so Jesus. for Rufus, it was, who is Rufus's? And I was like, oh, well, Rufus's is his, his, his elf friend, Johnny Blossom Fingers, who he uses as his cover for why he's not really racist. Because he has an elf friend. Oh, boy. And so he rescued Johnny. And then when I had him rescue Johnny, I'm like, I I, I let him, I, I unshackle him from the wall. And then I'm like, Johnny, I thought I lost you. And then I, I lean in and I kiss him. And everybody's <laughs> like, what? And I was like, yeah, it turns out that all of my, my hatred of the elves is just me being confused by my feelings towards my friend Johnny Blossom Fingers because we live in this medieval society that doesn't that would that won't allow our love to grow to grow and so that's where all of that came from. So I, I that character went on like this weird arc. Yeah, yeah. Colette hit me up and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, he's like, Adam's such a trip to play with. He's like, he's like, he sits down and he first he warns everybody that he's going to be impossible or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he draws his own X card and <laughs> puts it out on the table. Yeah. I'm like, seriously? He's like, he's like, Oh, but his character really went on a journey. And I was all like, and the second Colette says that to me, I'm like, Oh, it turns out Adam's character's gay. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought. Adam's character has to be gay. Sounds like that's the kind of journey that, that his character journey. would go on. That was the journey. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a horrible sorry, person. Sorry, sorry, Michael. Is, this is why I warn people before I play with them. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was his journey. That was his character. So we had a lot of fun doing that. Lamentations didn't happen, and then on the third day, I ran uh, Gamma World. So, man, dude, two out of three—that fucking sucks. Yeah, it was pretty rough, but hey, I got a free pass out of it. You so. did, uh, you so you did the fourth edition. It's not really fourth edition. It's like it's a, seventh edition it's Gamma seventh World, edition but it's based Gamma off fourth World. edition Gamma World rules. Yeah, two of the guys who showed up were like, "Oh, I was really hoping this was first edition Gamma World," and I was like, "Dude, I don't even know where you'd get first edition." Gamma yeah, World that right one, like, dude. That's such a fucking old game, and it's got like the crazy nineteen eighties like spaceman on right, the cover, the round heads. And, yeah. yeah, so. I was like, yeah, I have no idea. And they were like, yeah, isn't this the collectible card one? I was like, well, it's a part of it. You know, I said, but it's just really a mechanic. They did have that gimmick in an attempt to make the game work, which I did not think was a strong gimmick. No, it was a terrible gimmick. It actually really hurt the sales of the game. And and so you can buy the whole deck of cards now on DriveThruRPG, though. Like, they'll sell you, like, every card that they made for that game now. You don't have to hunt them down. It's just you buy them, and they come pre-printed, and you get them. And so we sat down and we did character creation and we ran through the junction scenario, which was in the uh, the first survivalism. Survivalism you, one. Back that on the Patreon. Uh, we played through that scenario and we had a lot of fun doing it. Did they enjoy uh, the junction? They did enjoy the junction. It it takes that weird turn at the end where like everything goes from we're looking for these missing people to cannibalism. <laughs> um, I think that's a solid twist. Yeah, and it and it it does that twist and, and there was one of someone who was just kind of like watching as we were playing went <laughs> you know i didn't you know i typically gamma world doesn't run as a horror game and i was like well that's the trick because every game i run is a horror game yeah so um 
typically when you're a bystander, you keep your fucking Mouth face shut. out of it. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I'm taking it so personally on your behalf. <laughs> no, it was fine. I thought it was. Like, I was just like, well, yeah, this is just the way that that I typically. Or were take they these saying things. it more quizzically, like, oh, typically it's not a run as yeah, a horror it was, game. It wasn't. There wasn't any malice in oh, it. They were okay. actually. It was. They were just kind of. I think they were just more amused that it had gone in that direction. Well, I think that you know that's the power of role playing is right, you and can the, and the mind's eye multi-layer genres and that's that's so, fun yeah, it was fun i got x card to run in gamma world which good it's like all right cool well played <laughs> not nice. what i expected to happen but all right cool so yeah we had fun it was a good cool. time and then yeah and then they kicked us out because apparently it shuts down at like five on sunday i didn't know that so oh yeah i did everything closes early on sunday yeah so close early so i wrapped up that game i like walked out and then everybody's packing up their stuff and i'm like what's going on they're like yeah let's close at five so right, we're all leaving so that's it i ended up on the light rail with everyone else oh no that's yeah. the worst mm-hmm. that is dude that is that is the worst um on saturday i came down also drunk uh adam and i spent a good deal of time that day searching for more alcohol and imbibing it um heather was there she had some friends and we kind of hung out with them a little bit uh i didn't really have any programming that i was signed up to do and then i had no particular interests while i was there so i just kind of was bumming around, hanging out with people who I knew, hung out with Andrew a little bit, hung out with Richard, Richard a little bit, hung out with some of the other kind of like FMRPG peeps who you like, you know, encounter. Uh, was looking for Jim, and Jim was hanging out with uh, John Wick, and so I had a really nice sit down with uh, John Wick to talk about our feelings on V5, and you know, it's always great to talk to John because he's he's like so smart and has such great ideas about about games so it was, it was really great to get to interact with him a little bit um got to encounter uh ken saint andre and i was talking to him about some of like what i've been reading in terms of uh tunnel and trolls and um stormbringer because you know i've gotten really into these like super old osr games and then uh after i pieced out of that situation i uh went back down into the dealer hall because you know heather heather and her friends were down there and met back up with them and um just wandered the dealer hall as one does at these things and uh i ran into jason anthony from golden rule tattoo and i said what up to him for a real quick minute uh he's a he's a super cool guy who is also into role playing and that's not the that's not the combination that that happens the most often I, I I think that this this show I'm not not trying to dog the the listeners because I think that this show has a much higher ratio of that than other shows perhaps, but um as we all know that ain't the usual thing. Um, then uh, I I ran into uh, Steve Crompton who is an illustrator on Tunnels and Trolls. He had a booth there. He was selling tons of Tunnels and Trolls shit, which is so great because. Currently, Tunnels and Trolls Seventh Edition is out of print. You can't get it, and uh, he had some copies there. So he had one that it was that had already been signed by Ken Saint Andre. So I didn't even have to go back and like drag it up the stairs to get Ken to sign it. It was already signed. Then he signed it too. He uh, signed a copy of the GM screen, and he signed a copy of uh, this uh, Japanese translated into English kick not 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 Kickstart but Quick Start uh, because. Ton- TNT is actually like huge in Japan or whatever. It's it's uh 
it's like a big it's a big deal there so there's a lot more material for it in japan and to be totally honest interestingly the the material in japan has a very like particular look to it and um that look is very kind of enticing you see those books and you're like oh shit what's that about that looks really fucking cool yeah you're showing it to me it was really cool yeah right um i i don't know why they don't make more of that because because i think that it would stand out on the shelf more if it had that really there's i mean there's a lot of people who are just into japanese culture and i think that they might be attracted to the game seeing seeing some of that design on the cover and then by all accounts i i mean i haven't gotten deep enough into it but by all accounts the game is essentially like decades ahead of its time it's like a really good game so um, I have it now. I mean, I had I had a fifth edition one. I had a fifth edition Corgi edition one, so I'll be able to like compare how they um, they they translate over to one another. Uh, but it's just good to have lots of OSR games. And Ken Saint Andre is a great guy. He's a local guy, and it's we're really very lucky here in Phoenix to be to have him just walking around. Yeah, and he's just you he's know, always so great and approachable. It's, it's really true. It's really true, and and I have to admit because you know I grew up around here and I grew up around here in the in the gaming scene, and I always just kind of took it for granted. I was always just kind of like, oh yeah, it's Kenzie Andre and his like weird little game, you know, whatever. But then I didn't really uh, learn to appreciate him until I started listening to the Grognard Files, and those guys speak about him in the reverential way that we speak about like Mar- Mark Reinhagen, mm-hmm. you know? So there's probably some kid who thinks that Mark Reinhagen's like this, you know, tool who is just a local cons or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And doesn't get who he is to a lot of people. And that really made me start paying a lot closer attention to Ken St. Andre. So I had a really great time at Phoenix comic fan Fusion experience fest. fest. Diorama, the explosion, world tour, the reckoning. I, I don't know. Bloodlines. I, 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 I literally don't know what they're going to call it next year. I don't think they know what they're going to call it next year. I, I don't know that it matters. The, it'll be huge and there'll be people there. There'll so. be a bunch of people there dressed as uh, Doctor Who. Um, so uh, I Come, guess... This year it was Harley Quinn and Deadpool. That was like the vast over do you really majority. feel that way i thought there were way less harley quinns than i was anticipating oh there were a ton of harley quinns there was still i think a lot of harley quinns and there were the usual amount of deadpools, deadpools. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason people who cosplay as deadpool <sighs> feel like it gives them carte blanche to be obnoxious as shit well it's like you're not ryan reynolds you're not charming knock it knock oh it off stop my. just stop just don't stop. get me don't get me started on the <laughs> that's oh god we were doing so well <laughs> <laughs> moving along yeah so um we have changes to the patreon oh yeah so okay guys i posted about this on the patreon just very recently and um things are going great on there and the the the, the post that i made Dude, I just shouldn't be allowed to write anything like earlier than like 9 a.m. because I write this stuff and either it's like late at night and it doesn't make any sense or it's early in the morning and it doesn't make any sense. So I wrote that we did an update to the Patreon and people didn't understand what it meant. People thought that they got ripped that, off. That I was giving them more stuff than we we're going to give them. And I was like, damn it. 
fucking idiot, Brendan. So I so I took down the post. So let me. So I'm just gonna explain to you one of the changes we've made on the Patreon, and uh, maybe this will inspire you to go on there and pledge, because here we are. If you're listening to this podcast, you seriously have like uh, hours hours left in May to get the June materials. Okay, so it used to be that Adam and I. This was the original idea. Each one of us was going to write a quote-unquote newsletter. And in that newsletter, there would be two articles, okay? Now, because he and I are who we are, we thought, well, no one wants to read this shit, so we have to, like, tease people into getting the physical one by offering them both articles. The digital one, which most people will quote-unquote want because it's cheaper that sells itself. But in order to c- sort of convince them that a physical copy is something that they will would desire, it should have extra utility. There should be more shit in it. So the second article was only for the physical copies. And we when we wrote that in the Patreon, people didn't really get it. We sent out the digital ones and they were like, "Well, I don't know, I get the whole magazine and then we and then we were kind of like well, why didn't they get the whole magazine it's so easy to send the fucking digital copy but then what really happened was the fucking physical copies just sold like hotcakes anyway so like like horrorism one is gone uh within 14 hours of posting it on the web page it was gone uh which i mean isn't that, that that ain't that ain't me trying to be like whoa best-selling zine author or nothing because there weren't many of them but they definitely did sell out in 14 hours after they were released now um those are all in the mail and they're all gone and the people are out they're there i think i got some messages today that allude to they are arriving at the places they're supposed to arrive um so there's clearly not a problem selling physical copies. So why are we breaking up the articles? First of all, now they're zines. They're not newsletters anymore. They're zines. And now if you pledge to get the digital version, you get the whole fucking thing. You all get right. the whole fucking thing. We're not going to hold back the second article. We're You'll not going to hold those. back. Yeah. And mine it doesn't even have two articles. Episode fucking issue two of horrorism is going to have something like eight articles in it. Okay. Like I sat down and I was like, oh, I'm, I really want to write like... 10,000 words so it's similar to the to, in length to the last one mine's still just the two <laughs> by the by the time by the time this thing is done which it ain't done yet I today on my lunch break I crossed the 11,500 word mark like and I'm not done so it's horrorism issue two if you're listening to this it's gonna be fat it's gonna be juicy it's gonna have two optional subsystems that can go into any game it's gonna have like f- seven articles a dr- three drag and drop cults that you can put into any horror game or just really any game i guess if you wanted to um very meaty very meaty now is a great time to get it and if you get the digital you get the whole thing. If you get the physical, you get the whole thing. And we will be ordering a little bit deeper on the physical ones, so there'll be more copies. Um, does that cover it, Adam? Did I hit Pretty all? Pretty much. The- I believe that covers everything. Um, yeah, that goes over the Patreon changes and the zines and what's going on with those. I still got to get the physical editions of Survivalism on the store. I got to get photos of it. Just haven't done it. We've we've um this we weekend. Have- cool. 
going to commit to doing that. We've 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 made some deals, and there are actually going to be some new fanzines on there mm-hmm. by people other than us. That's something that's coming very soon. So, if you're thinking about buying Horrorism Two or Survivalism Two on the web store, be on the lookout for the additional fanzines that we are going to have on there. From some of them are from listeners, some of them are from creators. And all of them are very good. So that's something to look forward to. Sounds all right. Good. So Do let's take a little break. patrons that we need to go over? Oh, we have no new patrons, Adam. Right. However, I like to give those who upgraded their pledges a shout out. And that is to Diogo. Diogo raised his pledge uh, to the Collector of Curios version. So both physical editions. Both physical copies. And uh, Richard jumped up into that sweet-ass, sweet Shadow Sworn Initiate level, so that he's now in on all of our giveaways, which, as one knows, are many. Um, so, Adam, who could you just remind our listeners who our sponsor is, real quick? We are sponsored by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, McClintock and Southern. Hidden, or uh, back in by the... YCs, not really hidden. It's visible from the road. But by the YCs, if you see the YCs, it's right see on the road. See the Mongolian barbecue or the McDonald's, yeah, or the you're McDonald's, not too far yeah, off. You're not too far off. From Get, there, so. Check it, players. Go in, check it out, tell them we sent you. Yeah, please do that. That's an integral part of this is that when you go in there and you're like, oh, hey, look, it's a Eidneth Deepkin Battle Tome. And you buy it, say, you know, I heard about this place on that fucking podcast Podcast you sponsor yeah man those guys are the worst but this place ain't half bad just let just let them know um anyway so thanks to all our patrons thanks to everybody who leaves reviews thanks to game depot hey adam you want to take a break or do you want let's take a brief intermission and then we'll come back with the very special content Ooh, special content all right great see ya And we're back with our special 50th episode. What do we want to call this? Uh, resurrection from torpor <laughs> of of a segment no one asked for. Oh, au contraire, mon frere. Oh, have people asked for this the, to be I don't think anybody has asked, but right. it definitely was mentioned to me that it, it this, this is one of our most beloved segments. All right. So we're resurrecting this segment, and we'll be potentially doing it as bonus episodes going forward. And that is... Forever Night Review. Forever Night. Forever Night again. Yeah. So we looked, and the last episode that I think we saw on SoundCloud was nine. Yeah, it's weird. We recorded one for ten. Yes. We don't know what happened to it, and we're not subjecting ourselves to episode ten again oh because my God. it was so bad. The the thing is, is that we definitely recorded a review of it. We did. I just have to find it. Yeah. And we'll put it up for it's you guys. It's out there somewhere. We'll release it as a bonus episode, but it, we're yeah. not subjecting ourselves to it again because we hated that one, I think, more than any of the it other ones we've watched. so bad. I think it, it was, was the one we hated the most. Unbelievably bad yeah. episode. It was unwatchable. Right, pretty much. So don't watch that one. So we're coming... Well, now we have episode 11 and 12. That's right. Which, episode 11, The Hunted. Or Hunted. Just Hunted. Hunted. 
Yeah. Haunted. And so this the, is this episode's fucking great, right? And, the and high I, level <laughs> summary of it is essentially <laughs> Nick and Skanky. You know, the friend of theirs, he's a vice cop. He gets shot on the street, and then someone's hunting Skanky. And then there's flashbacks to Nick in the past being hunted. Yes. And so it's all the, about. We never learn why, right? It's just these randos. It's, we assume they're church guys because they have the crucifixes, mm. um, but they never really say why. And it's got this almost like really long scene of them riding horses while smoking across the countryside, <laughs> which or through this forest, which is weird because you're going. They should be dead by now, right? Like clearly, they they shouldn't have survived all of this. But. <laughs> so yeah, so Skanky's uh, uh, being hunted. We don't know by who. Uh, Nick's out on the streets trying to get to the killer, right? Uh, yeah, but he's not really putting a lot of effort into it. It's <laughs> okay. This episode, okay, this episode is such a mess. Uh, I could go off for hours about this episode. Yeah. I could literally rant about how stupid this episode is for longer than it would take to watch the episode. I don't understand why they keep having these things where they like have to put Skanky in the Raven, like. Stop oh, putting him oh there. Oh my god! Oh Just my put god! Him at Nick's house, but oh, stop having dude, him in the okay, Raven. Okay. It's always terrible whenever he's there. Yeah. It, okay. All right. So, um, so so Nick and uh, Skanky are like having this like chummy conversation with this guy Jimmy. They're walking down the street, and Jimmy's dressed like Don Johnson. He's got this, he's like he's like yeah. He, he's like he's like I'm not gonna take the day shift lead. I'm yeah. a vice cop. It's I'm a blood. I'm a vice cop now, yeah. guys. And then he like. <laughs> lights a cigarette and yeah. like as though he had just said like i'm a day away from retirement yeah. <laughs> he's dead he's yeah. gone he's out of the episode he, the cold opens not even over and he's gone mm-hmm. um and there's blah 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 some like kind of like what's is it Chekhov's gun or whatever type shit about this fucking newspaper that skanky reads right lo and behold this is the key this is the, the fucking, policeman special it's the goddamn it's rosetta stone upon, upon which we need to discover all of the the clues for this episode and the policeman special will never return never to, ever return or to, be referenced ever again ever ever again however for the purposes of this episode skanky reads it religiously religiously yeah. um and he keeps making comments about it too like oh, oh that's I how know. they get you yeah. yeah i gotta buy it at yeah. the newsstand but i have a subscription <laughs> the subscription it's doesn't a, get here till a week yeah. later it's so great so like in the cold open we see skanky's like bestest bud like uh get gunned down jimmy. right before his that's very his name, eyes right jimmy, jimmy. Jimmy the Vice Cop, and um, they got him, Nick. They got Jimmy, and then and then the, the opening credits happens, and then the next issue, the next scene is Skanky in the police department, like just bitching about the mail. Like he's not on a mission of vengeance. He's not worried about Jimmy. He's got opinions about the mail, and you're gonna hear him. Jimmy's in the past. Jimmy is dead. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta move course, on to this Jimmy thing. You've got the lady going, "Oh, my computer. I can't get it to work." And then it focuses in on the technician guy working on it for for an unusual length of time. (laughs) Well, Adam, is this a flash forward to Larry Merlin? Oh, yeah, that's some high level shit. We'll get to it. Um, So anyway, like blah, blah, blah. They figure out that the killer has some sort of bone to pick with Jimmy, but also with Skanky, who Mm -hmm. they used to be partners in the past. And so they're looking for somebody that, that they busted. Right. So Nick's hunting down that angle. It's right. Somebody that they busted now, now out the, for vengeance. They got to get Skanky into witness protection, but 
in Skank. But he won't go. He will, well, I mean, he will, as long as it's not where his wife and kid are. Right. It's got to be somewhere else. Yeah. Because as much as he talks about loving them so much all the yeah, time. He hates them. He basically never interacts with them. Um, so, where is the most logical, reasonable place to put Skanky after, you know, his hotel gets blown up yeah. by the uh, by killer? plastic explosives. Which, <laughs> why is it so easy to get plastic explosives? Did you see how much plastic explosive was there? It was enough to, like, level a city block. <laughs> right. And, like, and it, just, it just breaks the window. Yeah. And, and it blows up the little bungalow the skank. Dead skank. The kid's <laughs> dead. <laughs> and... And Skanky doesn't even have any burns or, yeah, like, uh, shrapnel. Well, he's, he's got some soot on his face and he's his hair is out of place. <laughs> but no, but nothing else. <laughs> but the other guy's pulped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nick Nick being the fucking humanitarian he is, doesn't even want to go into the flames to look for him. He's yeah. just, oh, he's just dead. Yeah. <laughs> I know from just looking he's at him. Don't even think about it anymore, <laughs> Skanky. Anyway, um, so, so then there's this kind of, like, uh, Derp a derp a derp subplot where yeah. uh, they gotta put Skanky at the Raven because right. there's nowhere else for him to go. Well, don't forget it cuts back to Nick in the past taking shelter in that barn with Laquan and Jeanette. <laughs> yeah. and, and the line from Laquan is, or maybe it was Jeanette, they are hunters as accomplished as we. And then, like, the first <laughs> thing is Nick just, like, one of the guys pokes through the wall with the flaming board, and Nick just, like, grabs him and yanks him inside the building and kills him in one hit. And I'm going, yeah, I think you're overselling yeah. uh, the the capability or the aptitude of these hunters. Th- th- there was this uh, thing where, at some point in that backstory, uh, Lacroix and Jeanette find a trapdoor in the right. floor that they can use to escape. Now, they, it, it, they don't really tell you how long they've been in this house, but it, you're, you're kind of given the impression it's like this kind of die-hard situation where they've been there for a little while. They just discovered the trapdoor like two minutes ago, yeah, but right? these hunters are terrible. They're in a wooden building. They clearly have <laughs> access to fire. I know. And they don't just set fire to it and burn it to the ground. You know, if they get exposed to sunlight, they die. The fire will kill them. Burn the building it's, down. It's, it's really a bad situation. Yeah. So, 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 Jeanette and Lacroix are like, we're... Nick, come with us. We gotta escape. Right, we're gonna and, hide in the floors. And, and Nick's like... Nick's the only one that has any sense. He's like, yo... I'm the only one in this building who's been killing these fucking vampire hunters and eating them. Right. I'm like, I'm more blood points than you two put together. <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually fucking ridiculous. I'm going right to destroy these fools. And well, yeah, they and, do and help he him is. though. And he cause, is. Cause that last one's got the cross and Nick's backed into the corner and they grab his foot through the floor. Remember? Oh, right. Uh, and he trips and he falls and then Nick, uh, he leaps onto <laughs> him and, and gets him. It's- uh, yet LaCroix had, openly admonished Nick for not just leaving Jeanette out in the sunlight. Right. Uh, when, when, when she was, when she was like, yeah. go on I without go me. On. I, Nicolai cannot go on. Yeah. yeah. Leave me, Nicolai. Anyway, so the Jeanette. flashbacks full of bullshit as usual. Um, in the, uh, horrifying present day world, uh, we get a whole bunch of treats of scenes where Skanky hangs out around the Raven and like literally just, bores every goth girl he can find to tears with his like stories of being like a macho man warrior yep they're like oh and don't forget the best part of the episode the piece de resistance <laughs> oh the, god oh the no maraschino cherry atop of the sunday was the extended sequence of nick poorly playing the piano oh, okay. while fingering the candle the, the- 
this is what's so great, right? So, so we're, we're we're seeing all these different scenes of 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 Skanky climbing the walls, right? And we're supposed to, and we're so, and 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 he keeps calling Nick and going, Nick, you gotta get me out of here. You gotta get me back on the streets to hunt this guy. And Nick's like, No. Yeah, and Jeanette's <laughs> like, You can't leave. You cannot yeah. leave, Skanky. You're right. not allowed to leave. And then Skanky's like, You know what? I want to go get a copy of the policeman special across well, the street. I'll be right back. And Jeanette's like, Oh yeah, fine, go. But but Just that's leave. the thing, right? So so after we're told a billion times that Skanky's got to be at the Raven, then they cut to this extended long scene of Nick in his apartment laying on top of his piano like yeah. tinkling he's not even playing a tinkling he's just like bing bong bong bing bing poorly bing. playing it right, and right. then just waving it like touching the flame so and all that because he's so morose about yeah. something I guess then this scene like fades into a scene of Nick just driving, driving. around and they play Toronto. that full song because they, they the, paid for that song to be made especially for the show and man, they're gonna get their mileage out of it. You're, it the story n- advances not at all. Nope. It's like it's like a five minute sequence. Did but you to, notice? Like every time it cut to the headlights, it was just the same. Every time it, t- it was the same stock look, footage. Every time it looked an awful lot like Nick was literally just driving in circles yeah. around Toronto mm-hmm. and just being super gothed out. He's like, he's just like, I got the top down and I'm just driving around Toronto with my sunglasses on or whatever it's like okay all right dude um all right so then this whole fucking thing comes to a head when skanky reads the newspaper and his killer or his murderer or whatever attempted murderer has left him a secret note that only he would understand memory lane in the in the classifieds of the police beat or whatever the fuck it's called so, so Skinky goes there, and it's an elaborate fucking 90s-style death trap. Well, so Memory Lane is the police training facility with all of, like, the little pop-ups and stuff. So you get yeah. treated to Skanky, like, blowing away, like, the innocent bystander pop-ups repeatedly as, as this guy's setting them all off. Nick has to go find it. He goes by himself because why would you need backup? You're a vampire. He's you're a vampire. Gonna, he doesn't need fucking ass. backup. Yeah, your backup's just going to get in the way because you can't vamp out. It's just some fucking dweeb. At yeah. this point. And it and it's before that they like they show you the guy and he's like hanging upside down in his apartment. So you're like, Oh, is he some weird vampire fetishist? No, no he just likes to hang no. upside down. And then his wall, he has he like has handguns guns. and an Uzi. Just, just, like, like hanging diagonally <laughs> on his wall. Not even mounted like for but hanging like artistically <laughs> as you do. Like I'm just gonna hang these guns on my it's wall. It's so great. Because that's how I do things. You know that the set designer was like trying to make right. it look like that scene from the Terminator when the Terminator's like living in his like shitty apartment or whatever you know but like he needs to look unhinged how do i do that well what if i just artistically have guns hanging on the wall yeah so you can just like grab that uzi if he needs to just jump up and grab an uzi right i I think i think that he's hanging upside down because of the 1990s parlance of he crazy oh he crazy he hangs upside down it's like oh okay so yeah and then he's hunting skanky through the building and Blah, blah, blah. You see a cop thing pop up, and Skanky's like, oh, and then he walks past it because it startled him. Well, you know, spoiler alert, it's the guy. And and he's mad at Skanky because Skanky and Jimmy had worse shooting scores than he did. This but is they seriously the crux of the whole thing. And he didn't get to be cops because he failed the psyche vow. So, I mean, clearly, clearly. he's um, proving that he did have the necessary mental fortitude to be a cop he's not unhinged right and so he he killed jimmy because jimmy got the promotion he's killing right. skanky because i guess he has to kill skanky too um, yeah 
because they're losers and he's not a loser. Right. On some level, it's kind of like the whole incel thing. It's a little bit incel-y. Yeah. He's got this. He's got these gripes about why he doesn't get promotions at, at work. I guess he had just gotten passed over for promotion in his current job, and he and so that caused him to he's, have he's, a psychotic break and go back and right. kill two like, losers. Spoiler: in his He's past. the guy that they spend an overly long time like focused on in the earlier scene. The, the oh, technician that's guy. him. Yeah, he's oh, the police technician. There's this guy. other. There's this other subplot. All Canadians look the same to me. I'm sorry. They kept. <laughs> They kept zooming in on this dude's face, and I kept being like, why do they seem to think I know who this guy is? Um, there's another subplot where Nick's, like, trying to get his... The, 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 because of all... They're, they're going through all these, like, these records of, right. like, who's, who's in the police department, right? And guess what? Nick Nick doesn't got any records. Yeah, your records so, stop the day you got hired here, Nick. What? You have no birth record? <laughs> there's no record <laughs> of any of your training or anything so, before somebody, joining the somebody, force? Somebody goes, what police co- what, what police uh, force did you work for before here? And he goes, uh, don't worry about it. And then he, like, <laughs> kisses her on the cheek and then yep. just walks away. Yeah. It's complete non-sequitur. <laughs> the anyway. best part about Nick is how he just kisses women without asking them or getting their permission first because oh he does God. it to Jeanette and he does it to that to that woman that who works on the computers. We'll get we'll get we'll get to this in the next episode because oh, the next yeah, episode even more, is rife with more this so. shit. <laughs> um so 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 <laughs> so Nick has to call this mysterious computer hacker Larry Merlin to set up Larry his Merlin. to set up his uh his, his uh IDs, his, his, his fake uh, ID. Exactly and but because they're doing a big sweep He's got to go all the way back. He's got to rebuild Nick's entire identity, not just one line you in know, a computer. And if you could hit him up when he first got to town, yeah, he wouldn't have had to do this. I know, it's fucking Nick, Jesus. Anyway, so uh, yada yada yada. Nick shoots the guy in the back. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, and then, oh, hey, look. Nick's well, Nick a, doesn't Nick, shoot him in the back. Skanky shoots Nick dude, yells I, Skanky. I feel like Skanky it, whirls. Dude, oh, I feel like him? that scene is really vague. It is super vague. Because they're both holding guns, but they clearly didn't want to pay for one of those those blood explosions. But Nick does and say so, to Skanky, like, way to go. So I got the impression Skanky was the one who shot him. I, 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 I got the impression that Nick was saying that for uh, internal right. affairs in person. You know, Fair enough. Like, like, he, like it was a little bit of a wink. Like, like yeah. way to go. Way to I go. just shot a man in his back. <laughs> we just <laughs> shot a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Civil rights are for losers. Yeah. Anyway. Due um, process? What's that? Yeah, exactly. Which, oh, you know what? Anyway, alternate story. So, uh, so that is Hunted. That is it Hunted. It is a really not charming piece of shit yeah there's not really much you can do with it oh I, oh right because we talked about what you could do with yeah, it yeah i <laughs> you, i mean oh there's God. like aside from just the vengeance angle of there's some guy from your past who's out for vengeance no uh, i don't really feel like this no. vengeance was particularly well thought out or uh-uh. plausible so um, no there was nothing usable in I this i think one. the only thing that maybe is like the oh you're vampire needs to have records of their existence like this one was a turd maybe you could do something with that i don't know like if you're trying to operate in human society you would need some kind of records but i mean i guess the best idea just don't use larry merlin (laughs) i i swear to god i am gonna start checking into hotels under larry merlin you know, you like go. Ron Mexico or whatever. That's gonna be my. That's gonna be my check-in name. There I'm gonna go. be. I'm gonna people. I'm gonna be like. Uh, I'd like to check in. Here's my credit card, but I'd like to be on the record as Larry Merlin. This be Jerry Cocaine. Oh, that as is Jerry a good Cocaine. one. That is a good one too. It's much better. All right, so um, episode twelve. Episode twelve. Now, Dead Adam. Issue. 
Adam. Mm-hmm. Got some bad news for you, dude. What's that? I didn't finish it. You didn't finish Dead Issue. Didn't finish it. I got about halfway through. And then you just punched out. You were like, I can't take it anymore. Things came up. I couldn't finish it. All right. Fair enough. I couldn't finish it. I was trying. I thought I was really sinking my teeth into it. There's a particular line, and I can tell you right when I stopped watching. But Okay. (sighs) Yeah, man. It's about halfway through. Sorry. So anyway. The summary of this one is there's this woman, and she's wearing a leather jacket, very clearly up to no good. She meets this... This man, and she's generically blonde and whatever else, as many of the people in Forever Night are. She meets this guy, and he's she's, clearly... She's Canadian sexy. Yeah, he's clearly she, he's clearly no good either. He's got a leather jacket on, too. And they go back to the apartment, and she's in for some... She's down for some, for some rough trade. She's DTF. And she's like, we're going to watch the video. And he's like, oh, I got something better than the video, And baby. she goes... Better than the video? video? And he's like, like what? And so he starts describing to her how, you know, if you think you're going to die, it heightens the experience. And <laughs> this guy clearly does not understand boundaries or safe words or uh, any consent. sort of kink consent rules. He starts choking her, right? It's really graphic and it's disturbing. It's super graphic and disturbing. It's and very disturbing. He's it's- choking her and she she breaks free. She strikes him in his in his uh, you know, genitals and breaks free and then throws something at him, tells him to get away, and he starts like lurching forward and then blam blam, two shots and yeah. and he drops. So that's the cold open. That's the, the cold open. So the, it turns the- out that she is the wife of uh and, and it, one of the investigators, one of the cops. Right, an important um, investigator who Stone Tree is friends with. Right, Stone Tree's friend. And so, Fiori, Fiori. Fiori, like Fiori. Eddie Fiori yeah. from fucking uh, Kindred the Embraced. Right. Ah, uh, what do you uh, think? Uh, uh. So, ah, nice. And so, um, she's the wife of this guy, and her story is, oh, um, he broke into the apartment, and he was trying to rape me, and he started choking me, and I got away, and I shot him. Well, Nick's not buying this story. Nick's not buying Nick this. Nick doesn't believe a word of this. No way. Everybody else is telling him to drop it. Skanky, the captain, Nat, they're all like, drop it, drop it, Nick, you don't let wanna, it go. You don't want to get all caught up yeah. in these like weird sex stuff that has to do with a cop's wife. That's right. That's not, yo, that's... So Nick starts chasing down leads. He's like, hey, your story doesn't add up. They bring her in again. To He's like hanging out at like these like porno shops. stores yep. where there's like 90s dudes with like l- like literally live lizards hanging off their shirts. And you can you can tell that there's a crazy porno shop because yep. like a guy carries around a lizard with him everywhere he goes. He looks like a porn shop owner. But uh, yeah, so there's that guy. And like, so Nick talks to him and he's getting a weird story from him. So he's like, that doesn't add up. He goes to the Fiori's house and he overhears them arguing. Yeah, this is the best part. He 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 goes. He uses his vampire powers to alight outside their window and he mm-hmm. listens to them arguing using his other vampire powers. Yep. And uh, and uh, he, the 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 husband, the <laughs> husband. He he obviously knows that his wife has this kind of like lurid sexual like life outside mm-hmm. of their marriage and he's kind of like tacitly agreed to it and he comes up to her and he says could you could you even just take a second and think of me before you indulge in your abnormal contemptible appetites <laughs> <laughs> oh you're so uh, understanding well, i see why this marriage has problems my favorite line from the episode was there at the very beginning when they're stripping down to get down to business when she goes this is some like choice dirty talk like right. this would get yeah. my engine going like 
I would go from like flaccid to erect if you said this to me. She goes, last one undressed is a rotten sardine. And man, full mast, full mast at that point. I was like, oh my God, that's so hot. That's so hot. Another choice line from this like very sexy episode of River Night is uh, when, when, when Skanky is talking about the victim, he's like, he's pretty sure this guy's a bad dude, criminal. And when they do uncover his record, he says... He's wanted for white slavery and making pornos. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like isn't that what George Lucas said about 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 Star Wars? Maybe those are the same white slavers that got Star mm, Wars. Maybe I don't know. But. Jesus Christ! So anyway, Nick hears this argument. He's not buying it. They bring the wife back in for a deposition. She's like, "Well, all right. So I'm boinking this guy on the side, but." I did shoot him, um, and that's my story for really real this time, um, and cross my heart. So Nick's like, I don't buy it. And he goes back, and he's like, I know you didn't shoot him because the angle and the bullets aren't where they would have been if you'd have been the one who shot him. So clearly it wasn't <sighs> you. Oh, boy. Well, it turns out that it was... Spoiler alert, F- Mr. Fiore. He was the one who pulled the trigger. He was husband. doing some cuck thing where he was watching him bang or something, but not really because that's not what it was. Because he, he, he made it clear he wasn't part of all of this. So I guess he's just there while she's getting railed to protect her. I don't know. Good thing. Uh, yeah, good thing because he was there to shoot that guy. So Stone Tree decides he's going to go. He, he's going to go talk to him. He's got to go talk to her. He's got to go talk to the wife. So while he's talking to the wife, the husband shows up. Uh-oh. And and Stone Tree's like, well, I know you didn't do it. You didn't. You, and, and you got to come down, too, to the husband. And and he's like, oh, that's the... Nick's like, well, we need to call him, but we got to find him. So call the house. So Stone Tree goes to answer the house. He's like, that'll be the, the, the station or the department. And he goes, hello. And the guy, boom, hits Stone Tree over the back. What, with like a blackjack or something? Yeah. See, like okay, a, I got like it, guys. I, I quit watching it. This with point. like a sap. Something, so something came up. He... um. He takes Stone Tree, loads him into his van, tied, uh, and then the, he tells the wife, you take his car to the beach, leave it there, and take a cab back. And he's like, and I'm going to deal with this. So he takes Stone Tree off to a Flawless warehouse plan. to go deal with Stone Tree. And the wife is driving the car, and then she has a breakdown. She has a breakdown. She just stops. She stops the car. <laughs> and so she's like crying because she doesn't want to be a part of any more murders and all the death and everything else. Man, her the contemptible her. appetites have That's just right. led her into this place. Led her to ruin. So they find her. Uh, Nick, of course, gets in there and finds Fiore and, and Stone Tree. Um, and they have the confrontation with Stone Tree and him where the guy's like, ah, he pulls out the gun. He shoots Stone Tree. Stone Tree gets shot. Nick shoots him. And uh, or no, yeah, Nick grabs him from behind. He grabs the gun from behind. He doesn't shoot him. So he, he comes up behind him. He uses vampire things to get up into the rafters. Drops behind him and grabs the gun. Stone Tree gets a flesh wound. He lives. And the and the vampire part of this are, is the this flashback, flashback to yeah the flashback artist or nobleman it's not really clear he's like i was kind of thinking at the end they were going to give us like an idea of who he was yeah, but then don't. like at about halfway through it was it when the artist guy becomes all like lechy towards yeah. like the female subject i was like oh this isn't gonna be a real artist right no it's not so he's like painting nick in this and this female in the nude and he keeps making these kind of like creepy references to her and 
And Who, he, Nick or to, the artist? He, he keeps, I can't the artist remember. guy keeps making creepy, saying creepy stuff to Nick, and the girl is just, and the the female is talking about, oh, it's it's the the evil in me. It's the um, my evil is a woman's evil, and it's my always at work. Evil. Like she's responsible for hit the lechery of this painter nobleman guy. Um, and she's like, oh, please, what what would I have to give you to strengthen your grip and release me from this hell? And I can't control my lurid seduction even when I try. And Nick's like, it's not you. You were raped. And she's like, no, yeah. no, it's me. The, the, oh, these two episodes are where we really find out about nice guy Nick. Right. And it's it's so funny because Nick is played as a smarmy piece of shit right. in like every single scene that he's in. Right. He's like constantly objectifying women. Yep. He's he kisses Nat without her consent in this one. He just I, like he goes, gives her a kiss and then leaves. And, every episode, like right. he just starts making out with women and without even asking. And this one, he's asking. just like, hey, consent's important. And yeah. Your your. Uh, not responsible for the bad actions of men who are attracted to you. That is not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like this Me Too kind of moment thing going on where it's like, this is like, there's these guys and they're bad actors and that's them. That's them being bad. That's not your fault. Um, What's weird is that, like, like the, the script writers felt the need to, like, look us in the eye and tell us this right. when their character, where, like, portrays none of these attitudes whatsoever. Right. He talks about them a lot. <laughs> but he's terrible acts exactly the opposite. and so she ends up drinking you know lady killer they just call it lady killer it's hemlock but the guy's like oh yes lady killer that's the women's poison because it's cheap um and like he's just telling this to nick who's like find her dead and of course you know nick when he finds her he's like why well, i was i had this all sorted out i was like why wouldn't you trust me and he's like oh because i'm a man and that's like the womp womp <laughs> moment where he's like you don't trust me because i'm a man and men and i thought for sure when this noble guy told like told nick oh yeah she poisoned herself it's a woman's poison and he goes well i suppose now i'll have to pay for a burial i thought nick was just gonna like vamp mode and rip this guy to shreds yeah but he doesn't he's oh just kind of like he's just like Man, what are you gonna do? I'm Nick Knight. I'm Nick Knight. Uh, talk a good game. Like, like in the previous episode, uh, he like he like gets all. It's so funny because he like he 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 drops Skanky off at the Raven, and he like just makes out with Jeanette. Just yeah. just like kisses her, kissing her multiple yeah. kisses. Doesn't ask. And then, just doesn't does ask. It. Just goes for it. Yeah. Then he like walks past Skanky. He kind of like, remembers for a second, and then he like he grabs Skanky, and, like gives him this like total like overbearing yeah. jock thing. He's like, don't, don't touch the women. Don't touch the women. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, I what? know you're an irresistible guy, Skank, but don't but touch the women. Don't touch the women. <laughs> Fuck it, fucking Nick Knight. All right, so what do you take from this uh, from this sexy, sexy, dark episode? Uh, like, surprisingly, given the rest of the context of the show and everything else, it was rather uh, progressive in its views on like uh, consent and you know, like women as victims of male desire and that kind of thing. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't have been surprised had the lady been like, Oh, it's my seductiveness naturally. And Nick would be like, yes, it is. <laughs> you know? And so I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. Um, I think the idea of like the weird love triangle thing is a tried and true kind of recipe. I probably would have taken it in a darker turn where it was like the husband's kink was part of it too. Um, 
because otherwise him being there makes like Didn't almost they no sense do that one kind of though with that like guy who paid to have his like wife kidnapped or whatever and then the and then the yeah but he wasn't doing he was doing it to just have him killed he wasn't doing it oh, for like true. a sexual gratification that is true so i think there's like a lot of weird like destiny's price like kink slash weird yeah. sex stuff you could do with it that yeah. i think is cool i actually like this episode better than a lot of the other ones that we've watched it is important to remember this episode came out in 1992 mm-hmm. and um you know uh, you can tell when you're watching it and 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 if you look at it from that perspective of oh it came out in 1992 it's really dark mm-hmm. it's really right. edgy it's really gothic the, these the last two episodes have been very goth you know in a certain way right. so um hey yay for that that's cool I liked the jackets he was wearing because he was wearing like the nice oh, blazers yeah. or suit jackets that were color coordinated. He didn't wear and any they of weren't his all monochrome. Outfits. Yeah, he didn't wear any of his derpy outfits. Did his you- hair looked relatively decent. <laughs> like, did you see the one where he's like wearing the like the weird red jacket with like the black tee? Yeah, <laughs> that was not a good look. The, he looks like he's joining bright, an R and B group. Anything that's bright doesn't work. But like the blue one was fine. The yeah. like purplish one was fine. His leather jacket was on point the yeah. long duster coat looked good and he stopped wearing those ridiculous like poofy shirts which was a plus he's uh, now just wearing like normal kind of dress shirts well that that okay but it is the 90s so even then they're like really billowy they're, yeah like, really they're big. not but they what? don't look as bad as some of the stuff he had worn <laughs> that, in earlier that, episodes. That, that is true i do feel like the show's visual language is starting to tighten up and they are definitely really trying to occupy this kind of gothic horror sort of uh, feel. It's a li- they're moving away from camp, and kind of interesting. Interestingly, because I've been reading a lot of splatterpunk, I've been reading a lot of kind of like about the, the history of that genre. I think that there were definitely some splatterpunk like um, like influences. I mean, it's a Canadian TV show; they can't really show a lot of blood, but they they definitely are trying to push the envelope here because we've had a number of episodes that that center around strip clubs and and like uh, right. uh, adult adult video boutiques, yep. right? No, it's very very s- sordid, right? Right. So, uh, you know, hey, a a for effort. Yeah, I I liked that one. I thought it was all done. The makeup they did on her bruised up neck was pretty gross looking, and. It seemed like it was a well-done episode. I liked it better than a lot of the other ones we've watched. It wasn't any episode 10. Oh, let's oh, put it that oh way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Most cringe-inducing scene, though. I, I, I say mm-hmm. this having not finished the episode, but there's a scene where the, the skanky and then half the male police department are sitting in a darkened room together, oh, watching silently the porno, watching yeah. the yeah. porno together. And then Nick walks in, they're all like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, what were you guys doing under the table? Well, like, but you're what, at work. Do, do you, do you got to the part where they, where the porn shop owner was like, I'll take a warrant. And then Nick yeah. like leans in and was he using his vampire powers? Ah, uh, because he eyes that, didn't flash, did he, it? He, did they? they didn't, but it does that. Yeah, they did do that. But then he gave him the fake story yeah. that Fury told him to give. So I was like, I don't think he was using his vampire powers yeah. because why would he give him the fake story if he was being dominated? Right. That didn't make sense. I wasn't clear because he's like, you need a warrant. And then he's like, he leans in close and he's like, do I? You know, and like, <laughs> he just gives him that thing. And the guy's like, he's like, oh, no, he goes, he goes, take another look. Or, yeah, why don't you take another look or a closer look? And then the guy's like, oh, yeah, 
it was this lady. She found it in the parking lot of their apartment complex. Right, right. And he's like grabs the note out of hand. Yeah, and he's like, and but that wasn't what actually happened. What actually happened was that it had been rented, and so it was. Yeah, I fucking doesn't make any sense. It made no sense. Like that part doesn't (sighs) doesn't make sense looking back on the episode in its entirety. But overall, I don't know. Like in terms of Forever Night episodes yeah a b <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not terrible right right police procedure is always the furthest thing from their mind when they're making these and kind of like hierarchy of powers and like how the like the the vampire underworld works is also is, not really well yeah, fleshed out. The, it's kind of all over the place it really but it's is. fun to watch yeah all right so um so yeah if you've been missing forever night reviews Episode 50, special treat for you. Two, count two. them, two Forever Night episode reviews. They're back. Not necessarily monthly, but they're back. But they're back. They're back in rotation. All right. Well, Adam, you know what? We're running real long on time here, so uh, I guess we'll just uh, wind it down. What do you we think, are. We're gonna head. We're going to head on out. Let's do it. So, the usual, we are proudly sponsored by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, McClintock, and Southern. Hit up the Game Depot. Let them know we sent you. We'd appreciate it. They'd appreciate it. Circle of appreciation. You can find us on Instagram at Full Metal RPG. We post a good amount of content there. Interact with us. Hit us up. If you want to email us, Full Metal RPG Official at gmail.com is the best way to do that. You can reach us on the website, fullmetalrpg.com. We're going to try to post some stuff up there soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple new articles, if that entices you at all to get on there and take a look around. You can find the. Uh, Patreon callouts and the cast and crew and all of that good stuff. You can find us on Facebook, Full Metal RPG. Search for us there. Hit us up. We're pretty active there. Let us know what you got going on. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave us a five-star review if you go on iTunes. We'll appreciate it. We'll read it on the air. We're going to get better about doing that. We just did all of our bookkeeping on that, so we got through them. We're caught up. And last but not least, Patreon. Find us on the Patreon, Full Metal RPG. Support us and everything we do. We're getting real close to the actual plays level, so Ooh, we may have to start doing that. People keep asking, where can I get Happy Time Dungeon Hour? And it's it's not being recorded right now. We don't have true. the actual plays for it. So. That's, that's the real thing. So, So, uh, you know, once we hit that level, we'll get the board with the lines we need for that because everybody needs their own line. And then we can start recording those and and putting them on for your listening pleasure. We're we're about 60 bucks away from uh, from an actual play. So if you guys are like, oh, that's what I need in my life. I need five episodes of Full Metal RPG a month and one of them needs to be an actual play. Get your ass to Patreon. You've got, yeah. you've got, you've got uh, about twenty four hours. And, and if you want uh, SU two horrorism, it sounds like it's going to be a thick tome of utility. Fat. It's going to be fat. Survivalism will have two new post apocalyptic zones. I'm going to get some art in there. I'm going to try to step the art game up on those for this next batch too. So, so get at us. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Fifty episodes. Here's fifty, 50 more. Fifty more. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night.